Well, hello and welcome everybody to the next episode of the Westlake Daily Podcast. And with me today, I have Nick Papagiorgio. Hi, everyone. And Nick, we are going to talk today about... Jonathan Edwards. The great Jonathan Edwards. Tell us about Jonathan Edwards. Jonathan Edwards is considered to be the greatest thinker of colonial America and one of the greatest minds that America has ever produced. So Jonathan Edwards was born in 1703 in Connecticut. And although he was born after the Puritan era, he is considered along with all the other Puritans who lived about 100 years before him. Now, he was about 13 years old when he entered Yale. He graduated four years later, and then he continued his studies in theology. He kept up his studies until he received a call to join a Presbyterian church and go into ministry with them, and that was in New York in 1722. And then after two years, he was appointed again back to Yale, but he had poor health and he had to resign from there. Finally, in 1726, he went back home and he became assistant to his grandfather, Solomon Stoddard, who was also a very well-known theologian. He got married in 1727, had, I think, 11 children. And eventually, at 1729, he became teacher at the congregation there in Northampton. And that is where he remained until 1750, when they actually dismissed him from his pastorship, and then he became a missionary to the Indians in Stockbridge in Massachusetts. Now, Edwards is really associated with the first great awakening. This is a time of nationwide revival, a lot of people coming to faith. And Edward preached in 1741, at the end of the great awakening, a sermon called Sinners in the Hands of an Angry God, and that has become almost classical reading in the United States. So he was certainly a towering figure of perhaps the tail end of the era of Puritan theology and Puritan kind of thinking. He was very philosophically minded, but at the same time, he had a wonderful pastor's heart. Indeed. So tell us about the quote we're going to talk about. So today we're going to look at a quote by Edwards in a volume he wrote called A Dissertation Concerning the End for Which God Created the World. So the quote goes like this. The happiness of the creature consists in rejoicing in God, by which also God is magnified and exalted. Amen. And that has so many layers to it, maybe beginning with the creature is us, isn't it, Nick? Yes. Take us through that quote. What is Edwards driving at? So remember, the whole volume is about answering the question, what was God's ultimate objective in creating the world? Why did God make the world? And in that, Edwards posits the idea that God created the world really for the ultimate end of being himself. God created the world with himself as the ultimate end. Now, it's a very long but very scripture-based assertion that he makes. And the idea is this, that God loves all things that are good and holy and what is more holy and good than God. So God loves himself above all other things. Now, that doesn't sit very well with us today because it sounds a little bit selfish, but this is actually God. And in that context, Jonathan Edwards connects the glory of God to human happiness. Now, this isn't new. The Westminster Confession of Faith, a hundred years before Edwards, begins by saying that the chief end of man is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. So the idea of enjoying God And God's glory are already connected in Reformed thinking. 
However, we tend to think of God's glory as separate and even opposed to our own happiness. But what Jonathan Edwards says here is that the joy that we get from God, that the joy that we receive by knowing him, engaging with him, bringing our lives into submission to him, the joy that we have from that is actually the joy that ultimately glorifies him even more. So one of our contemporary pastor theologians, John Piper, says it like this, God is most glorified in us when we are most satisfied in him. And that's an echo of Jonathan Edwards' idea. And the whole thing boils down to simply this, that God wants you to be happy, but not outside of him. That the happiness and the joy that he creates in you when he calls you to know and rejoice in him, ultimately reflects upon him, says uh, Edwards in, in this book. The refulgence of God is reflected back on the luminary, which is God himself. God gives the happiness and then God receives the glory back to him so that God is all things and is the beginning, he says, the middle and the end. And it's not as if God is saying, I want you to find your happiness in me, but that happiness is going to be less than you can enjoy elsewhere. It's that you will only ever be supremely happy if that happiness is focused and centered on me as your creator, because it's only then that you're living in grain, in line with who you are made to be. Exactly. And, and by happiness, he doesn't mean this superficial kind of joy that you feel, this excitement that you just feel. He's talking about a deep, meaningful contentment and joy, even in the midst of trials. So for Edwards, this is not just some abstract idea. The question of why God made the world and why he made you and me resonates with every, every fiber of human existence from the top all the way down to the bottom. Yes. And the problem is, of course, is that we're always looking for that in something else, in a God substitute, in an idol, and nothing else but him will ever satisfy. And so why does God most exalt in himself? Because if he were to exalt in anything else, it would be less worthy than him. So why would he do that? And so why should we exalt or find our happiness? In anything else but him. Exactly. So this quote always tends to remind me a little bit of a biblical passage that is in 2 Corinthians 3.18, yes. where Paul talks about how we all, by reflecting or beholding the glory of, of the Lord, are being transformed from glory unto glory onto the same image. And this is by the action of the Spirit. And our engagement with God's glory, our thinking of it, understanding it, expressing it, our turning our lives into a channel of glorifying God ultimately has the effect of transforming us into the image of Christ, which is the purpose of God. It is as we behold him that we are transformed into his likeness. Exactly. Okay, that's great, Nick. Now, if anyone wants to read up anything more on Jonathan Edwards, give us some pointers. So the top biography that I would recommend is called Jonathan Edwards, A Life, and it's by George M. Marsden. It's, it's enjoyable. Uh, Edwards had a pretty adventurous life. And this is a, one of those biographies that captures both the man and the theologian together in a very nice balance. And books by Edwards? Certainly the one we talked about today, the, the event for which God made the world. A really heavy one is The Freedom of the Will, which is 
kind of a mirroring book to Martin Luther's Bondage of the Will. So these are quite heavy philosophical books. But the one that, I, that is always kind of close to my heart is one called Religious Affections. It's a long book. It took me a while to finish. But I don't think anybody has ever written about the role of affections and feelings in the Christian life as extensively and as wisely and insightfully as Edward. So I would definitely recommend that one. It's not too heavy going and it's very, very edifying. Yeah, and he writes it as somebody who has experienced it for himself. Great Nick, Jonathan Edwards, God is most glorified and we are most happy when our hearts are happy in God. Amen. Amen. Well, God bless you and God bless everybody else.